in my ministry, I have the wonderful opportunity to work with pastors, teachers, all kinds of people, business owners, leaders, children, young folk, prayer warriors, people who are hurting, looking for hope. I am so blessed. And as Chuck alluded to my ministry in his introduction that was so generous and kind and warm, he mentioned uh, my heart for reconciliation in the body of Christ. The vision we pursue in our ministry is the Twin Cities as God's kingdom because we believe that's God's will. When we come in a place like this, we cannot help but feel as if we are in the presence of God because we are. But when we go to our homes, that have been violated by anger and discord. When we go to our jobs as employees and are fearful of an evaluation or as owners or leaders and are concerned about the bottom line, or if we're facing a court appearance or bills that we cannot pay, we don't then always feel as if we're in the presence of God. But the reality is where the king is, there is his kingdom. And the king wants us to know that it is, it is his will that each of us in our homes, on our jobs, in our businesses, in government, in our classrooms, in our marital relationships and parental relationships would know the peace of God and would be ambassadors of his kingdom wherever we stand and sit. And he wants us to know that for that to happen, you and I, say you and I, some of you didn't say it. You need to get with me this morning. Over there in the back, say you and I. Now, way back over there, you and I must make, you don't have to say this part, but you and I have to make three decisions today. We didn't come here to be passive, but we came today to participate with God. We did not come to watch a preacher or to listen to a praise team 
but we have come because we believe God would speak to us. And we believe, if I tell the truth, say amen. We believe. <laughs> God wants us to participate. <laughs> he wants you to make the first decision which is to be in Jesus you don't have to don't, don't burden yourself with it now don't, we don't we don't <laughs> we're just going to give up we'll, how about just a blanket amen <laughs> now some of y'all that don't like to give the periodic amens can feel that you're covered <laughs> and somebody said <laughs> and somebody didn't say <laughs> now the second decision is to be in Jesus with others, especially others who are not like you. I must be in Jesus with others who are not like me, but who also are in Jesus. How many of you know there are folk not like us who are in Jesus? How many of you know not, that all Christians don't speak English? And they're not all white, nor are they all nice in Minnesota. <laughs> and some of them we don't even like. Oh, they didn't say amen. <laughs> now, when ground rules, we got to tell the truth. Amen. Now, y'all know you don't like some folk. But we have to make a decision to change that. That all right? And the third decision is that we have to decide to seek the kingdom of God together. We cannot seek it alone. So, hello, grandson. <laughs> okay, get my help. My amen is here now. <laughs> I'm going to get through this somehow. <laughs> Help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> We don't have to make assumptions. The Bible tells us how to live and what to do. So we turn to the Bible now to Matthew chapter 6 for our primary text 9 through the 13th verses. And uh, let us read these verses together as they appear on the screen. Pray then in this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Let's add on the King James end of the prayer. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Any prayer that we offer to God, asking him to bring his kingdom into our lives, into our marriages, into our businesses, into our classrooms or into our cities or into our nation, any such prayer must embrace the notion of the family of God. It, it must come from a heart that understands God is the God of all of his children. He's not just the God of the Baptist nor the Methodist. He's not the God of the people who live in your neighborhood only, but he is the God of the folk in Cambodia. And as he is the God and father of those people who are far from us in many ways, far from us culturally, far from our experiences, far even from perhaps our theological position on certain things, I got an amen. <laughs> God is our father. So it was important to Jesus when he teaches the disciples to pray to begin by addressing the creator as our father. This brings us to a sense of the family of God and a sense of our connectedness as members of the family of God or the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And I love that song, Praise Adonai, that speaks of the nations and all of the saints and even the angels. And the truth is that the family of God is inclusive of all of those who submit to God. And even those who do not submit to God will ultimately discover that they are accountable to God. Because every knee shall bow. Of things in heaven, the spirit realm, the earth and beneath the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. We must be in Jesus. We must be in Jesus. And the way we come to Jesus is by faith. How many of you know God has faith in us? The Bible says in John 3.16, For God loved 
For God so loved the world that what? He gave. Love caused God to give his son Jesus. Not necessity, but love constrained God to give his son Jesus so that we might not die in our sins, but that our souls may be regenerated and resurrected from hell Resurrected from death, resurrected from madness, resurrected from depravity, and raised into a newness where our mind is transformed, where our attitudes are changed, where our habits are made to conform with the will of God. This is the gift of God. He gives it out of love because he has faith. In us, God has faith in you. Put your heart, put your hand on your heart. And, and can you just say this with me? Just say it. I don't want you to verbalize it. I want you to say it in your spirit. Don't, I want you to just listen to what I say and agree with it, if you, can, if you can agree with it. God believes in me. And that's the truth. Because the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, before we were saved, when we were not saved, when we were in such a state that we could not be saved, it was impossible for us to be saved, for the wages of sin is death. But how many of you know the rest of Romans 6.23? But the gift of God. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your holy name. Man, I can't stand still. Just walking all around here. It's the spirit of Greg Boyd. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was with us in spirit but then he said he lied <laughs> maybe he told the truth <laughs> to be in Jesus is to have received the gift by faith you may have never seen Jesus yet <laughs> But one day, we're going to stand before God. But now, we trust the Father. We believe in God through Jesus Christ. We believe that God has faith in us, and we must now have faith in God. And say, God, I receive what you gave me by faith. And I now want to be in Jesus. Does that make sense to somebody here? I now want to be in Jesus. I do not want to be in myself because myself was a lost self. Because myself was thinking of things that are inferior. Myself was thinking about thoughts that are not 
uh, glorifying and edifying. Myself was concerned about how I could get over, even at the expense of somebody else. Myself was concerned about seeing someone prospering and thinking that if they got over, it meant I couldn't get over. But when I came to be in Jesus, <laughs> my mind changed. Has anybody been there and now standing in Jesus? You know that when you're in Jesus, you're a new creation. Do you know that your old thoughts have passed away? And anytime they rise up, you have something in you that is able to crucify that thing. Hallelujah. You're able to condemn that thing that rises against you. And you're able to walk in the newness of life every moment of your life. God has faith in you. You have faith in God. And go forth in Jesus' name. He said to his disciples, have faith in God. If you have faith in God, you can say to that mountain, what mountain? Did anyone come in here this morning with a mountain? I don't mean the person who drove you here. <laughs> Necessarily. <laughs> but a mountain in your life. Debt, unforgiveness or abuse that happened in your life that has wounded you, that has grieved you, and you want to be happy and at peace, but you're tormented. That's a mountain. But if you have faith in God, you can say to the mountain, you can say to the mountain, in Jesus, you can say to the mountain. In Jesus, you can, you, in Jesus, you can say to any mountain, get out of my way. And you will never have the power to move a mountain. I don't care how many caterpillars you use, how many bulldozers you use. I don't care how many times you pump iron. You cannot physically, nor intellectually, nor through your will move a mountain. Drug addiction, alcoholism, sexual addiction, perversion, mountains in your life you cannot overcome by yourself. But when you are in Jesus, something works within. Somebody said it this way. Something on the inside is working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life has been made. Hallelujah. So it pays to be in Jesus. And God wants somebody here today to make a decision to get in Jesus. Receive his love. Receive God's love. 
and then receive God's name. In John chapter 1 and verse 12, the scripture reads, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power or authority to become children of God. Now if God is creator, and how many of you believe that he is? If God is the Lord, how many of you believe he is? If God has all power, how many of you believe he has all power? Then if we are in Christ, we are joint heirs of the kingdom with Christ. And he sets us in the spirit realm in high places. Paul teaches that to the church at Ephesus. That we are seated in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. We are in Christ. The body. Christ. Is, the, is God talking to somebody here today? We are in Christ, spiritually, we have ascended from death to life, from defeat to victory, from hell to the spirit realm, where we occupy a place of victory. And we can say to Saddam Hussein, thus saith the Lord. We can say to Osama bin Laden, Thus saith the Lord. I know what you're trying to do, but my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. I invoked a couple of names by the inspiration of the Lord. Because those names pose threats and trigger concern and fear. But how many of you know that God has not given us a spirit of fear? I said, how many of you know that? God has not given us a spirit of fear. It's time for the church to get out of the trunk and get in the driver's seat in Jesus' name and take its rightful place in this world. And you cannot do that outside of Jesus. The church has a place. And when you take on the name of Jesus, you become a part of the family of God. And you go forth in his name. And oh, what a privilege it is to go in Jesus' name. But it is not enough to say I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And I go to church and I'm having a good time and then you go back home and you live in isolation. You never encounter anybody not like yourself. And if you do, you go to the other side of the street. Or if they move on your block, you move to the other block. Somebody can say ouch or amen. 
We must make a decision. We, you, you and I must make a decision. To be in Jesus with others who are not like we are. Because the witness of the church depends on that decision. The reason the devil is having a field day is because the church has abdicated its responsibility in many ways. We've allowed the ungodly to determine laws and practices and culture. If you don't believe it, turn on your television. Rent a video. Can I get a witness this morning? I mean, when I was a boy, there were some things you didn't, I did not hear on television. I did not see on television. And I am absolutely appalled at what we do in the name of liberty and free speech as if it has no bearing on the spiritual estate of our nation. And I believe with all that is within me that there is a direct correlation between the depravity that we project and entertain ourselves with and the state of affairs in our nation corporately. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Amen. So we have to make a decision to influence. And we do that by being in relationship with other people, not in isolation. Not by throwing stones at them, but getting engaged through the gift that God gives in your spirit. Every soul in this room has a holy hope ready to be birthed if it is not yet birthed. You have a holy calling. There's something integral to the spreading of the gospel and the advance of the kingdom of God in the earth that you have to do. And you must decide to do it. And you cannot do it sitting in isolation. Nor can you do it only as a member of Woodland Hills. You have to say, I am a member of this congregation. This is the assembly to which I belong. But if I go to work tomorrow and there's a Catholic person, I cannot throw a stone at a Catholic person. I'm speaking to someone's spirit. I discern that. You cannot throw a stone at people whose worship culture is different than yours. We need each other. 
Someone told me this morning, oh, the worship this morning at 8.30, 8.45 was just wonderful. And it was. And it was. And she was an African-American woman. She said, now nah, I'm going over to the Black Baptist Church so I can give me some of that gospel music. <laughs> Did that offend you when I said that? It should not. We need each other. We need to engage each other. We need to be in Jesus with each other. And to do that, we have to love others. John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. Jesus' words through the apostle who writes this. I give you a new commandment. A commandment is a word that causes us to do something that we are naturally not inclined to do. Like drive 30 when we feel like driving 45. And the foot wants to press the pedal and go 45, but the sign on the side of the road says 30. And then if you don't see the police officer, you just might decide to go at least 40. Do I have a witness? Because the inclination is to do what you want to do, what you feel like doing, what you think is expedient to do. But how many of you know God knows what is right? God knows what is best. And he says that the best thing is to love each other because the witness of the church depends on our decision to love one another, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Our neighbor is in Africa. Our neighbor is in Asia. Our neighbor is in Central or South America. Our, our neighbor is in Australia. Our neighbor is in Canada or Mexico. Our neighbor is across town, even across the railroad tracks, sitting in a church of God in Christ. We must learn to love each other. And you cannot do that in isolation. Let's go to the next one. 1 John chapter 4. Hallelujah. Those who say I love God <laughs> and hate their brothers and sisters. Oh, they wouldn't say that they hate their brothers and sisters. They just don't want to have anything to do with them. I just get along better with these over here. But there is no, did you notice that there is no qualification here of brothers and sisters? You know, it's just brothers and sisters. You know, I, I see some head shaking. Uh-huh. Brothers and sisters. Especially brothers and sisters we don't like naturally. I mean, we're just different than they are. They're just, I just don't understand why they have to be so loud. Why do they laugh so loud? Why do they act like that? I don't like the way they dance and, oh, the way they dress and wear all that jewelry. I just don't get it. I don't understand why when they sing, they have to sing all those songs over and over and over. I don't understand why when they come to church, they just sit there with their heads down and I feel like jumping up and praising the Lord, and all they want to do is just sit there and hold their hands. And some of them are over there crying in the corner. I don't, I, I just don't like those people. 
where they sing those hymns out of a book. Oh my God, I could never. <laughs> I gotta have the songs on the screen <laughs> so I can look up. <laughs> ah, those who say I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are telling the truth. Oh, are liars. That's what it said. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Amen. We must make a conscious decision to be in relationship. with our brothers and sisters. Can you just take a time out for just a few seconds? I need to do that myself. And just let the Holy Spirit minister that to our, to our hearts. Think about your brothers and sisters. I've got some. Think about yours. You know the ones that you've written off. I have to make a decision today. I can put it off, maybe, but tomorrow's not promised. I, I, can make a, I can make the decision today. I have the power to make a decision today to seek a relationship. And finally, when we've dealt with the issue of choosing to be in Jesus and the second decision choosing to be in Jesus with others we come to the third decision God puts before us today which is to seek God's kingdom together not our kingdom but God's kingdom. Each of us has a kingdom. I know I do. If you're honest this morning, you would admit that there are certain things that you're trying to control. You want it to go the way you believe it should go. That's the nature of a human being. But if it is a part of our ungenerated nature, that is, we have not submitted it to the blood of Jesus, then it is not right. And we can actually pursue kingdoms that seem good, but that are so far beneath what God has called us to. There is a holy hope that God wants you to see. And maybe the mountain of debt in your life or the mountain of grief or sadness because you have been abused or because you've been misunderstood or someone said something evil about you or did something to you. Maybe those mountains, I don't know what those mountains are, but mountains in our lives have the power 
to blind our view. A mountain affects our vision. It affects the horizon of our lives. It affects our sunrises and sunsets, how we perceive, how we see. There's some mountains that need to get out of the way so that we can see the kingdom of God and not the stuff we've settled for. You have a holy hope. You're born with it. You're born with it. It's in you. It's in you. And when you come to Jesus and when you make a decision to live out your faith in relationship with other Christians, you come to a place where you are then able to decide, I am going to advance the kingdom of God. I could not do it without Jesus. I could not do it alone. But as I'm in relationship with others, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, we can go and we can tear up some devil's stuff together in Jesus. We can do it, 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 we can do it. And you can say in your spirit, in your, you can say, you can say through the, the, the things that have, that, that have affected your thinking, the things uh, that, that have tinted your vision, uh, the pains and the mountains that have not yet been moved out of your way can cause you to say, well, well, I, I just can't do it. But hallelujah, hallelujah, if you can just believe in yourself the way God believes in you. God believes in you. Put your heart, hand on your heart and say it out loud. God believes in me. Say it out loud back there. God believes in me. And if you can believe in God as he believes in you and you come in agreement with what God has ordained for you and then you begin to walk that out in relationship. Oh, see the kingdom of God coming. I see the kingdom of God coming in our businesses. That's what it means to be transforming. That's what it means to make a difference. Hallelujah. To make up your mind that I am going to go forth and desire what God desires. Hallelujah. In Matthew 6.33 says, but seek ye the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all of the stuff shall be added to you. Don't worry about what you feel you cannot do. Don't worry about what you feel you're burdened with and you're, 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 you're blinded by things and you have been unable and you've tried and failed, but don't let that impede you. Don't let that steal the calling of God in your life. When you make up your mind that the kingdom of God will live in your home, it will live on your job. It will live in your classroom. There is nothing the devil is able to do to prevent what God will accomplish in your life. And you'll see the mountains fall into the sea around you. You'll see mountains crumble before your eyes. In the place of the mountains, hallelujah, you'll see rivers of peace, streams of life and hope and newness, refreshing. I'm speaking to you 
a spiritual word this morning. And if you can make a decision to seek the kingdom, not only desire it, but to actually seek his kingdom. The world is going to see the church as it's never seen the church before. You are blessed to be in a congregation that is investing in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. God is pleased with that. And he wants you to be encouraged in that. And God wants you to know that you will come to a place where it will seem that you will not have what you need to do, what he's called you to do. But don't let go of your holy hope. Don't relent. Don't repent of what God has given you to become and to do. But hold on. Fall on your knees and cry out to God to supply your need as a people. And I know that our Redeemer is able to keep what we've committed to him. Finally, church, will you ask, will you answer, rather, that question? That third, that, uh, I'm sorry, that final question. Will you seek the Twin Cities as God's kingdom? Will we seek it? I want you to stand with me now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Stand with me right now. God wants us to consider these questions. Can you hear me? Can you hear the Lord calling you to make a decision to be in Jesus? That means to let go, let God. He has faith in you. He has invested his son Jesus for your salvation and Jesus is enough. You need to believe that and accept that truth by faith. The prayer team is coming forth now as we close. Now if you're here and you choose, choose, if you choose to give Jesus your life, so that you may be in him. Lift your hand very high. Lift your hand very high. If you've never made that decision before, but now you make that decision, lift your hand. That's a good thing to do. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. If you're here this morning and the Lord has spoken to you who are in Jesus, but your relationships have not been filled with Jesus, the way they ought to be and you want to change that and you're going to make a decision today that I will be in Jesus with others in my living relationships I'm going to be in Jesus with others in my work environment I, I'll, I'll not go along with the program the way it's been that does not glorify God but I will be in Jesus with them I'll be a light with them I'll be salt with them even with those 
I've been prejudiced against. But I want to change. I want to, I want to be renewed. I don't know quite where you are, but God would have you make a decision today concerning relationships. Can you make a gesture of faith and as God has faith in you? Will you let the Lord know you have faith in him and just raise your hand if you're in agreement with God that you choose today to be in Jesus with others? Lift your hand very high. And finally, finally, if you are a person with resources, and everyone has some resource, but if you consider yourself particularly resourced to make a difference in the lives of people through your talents, through your mind, your thinking, through your money, through the business you operate, maybe you're an elected official, I don't know, but you have resource for the kingdom. God wants you to catch the holy hope. That there is a place today integral for the advance of the kingdom of God in the Twin Cities for you to employ what he's given you for the kingdom. And if you are among those people who today choose to seek God's kingdom together with others, would you let the Lord know that you believe in him? to do that in you and let him know that you're in agreement and lift your hand would you 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 lift your hand now before we close I want you to do this I want you to turn to someone not the closest person to you but somebody who is not the closest to you and I want you to take their hands and pray with me would you do that now and after this prayer, we'll be dismissed. And after this prayer, we want those of you who are so led to come to the front so that the prayer ministry can join you down here. But right now, I want us to just talk to our Father. Our Father in heaven, we do give you thanks for your son, Jesus. We pray that today, O oh God, each soul in this room will receive Jesus. We pray, O oh God, in this room that each soul will decide to be in Jesus with others. And we ask you, O oh God, to give us the grace we need in our lives to be with each other in right relationship. We pray that you will give us a boldness and a courage to speak to the mountain, to not fear it, but to come to it and to command it in Jesus' name. And would you, O oh God, release a grace into the lives of those who said, I will seek your kingdom, O oh God, with others. Would you give them grace to do that? In Jesus' name, we ask all these blessings. And as we go, Lord, let your peace be with us. May we ever draw nearer your heart and nearer each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our prayer ministry is down here to pray with us.
and they invite you to come. God bless you and thank you so much.